Hello, you're listening to Dating While Tamil, brought to you by MyTamilDate.com, the best place to meet Tamil singles from Canada, the US, UK, and more. Dating While Tamil discusses the ins and outs of modern dating in the Tamil diaspora. And today, we're going to be talking about dating over 30. A crazy topic. Like One cannot even imagine what an amma or an auntie would say to that. Now, I do have a disclaimer here. With the ongoing pandemic, there has been a shift to doing more things online, which is great. Because of that, we can do these interviews through the comfort of our own homes. Please stay safe out there, especially with respect to dating. And let's just jump into this. I would love for you to introduce yourself because people who aren't here can't see you. Let's start with you, Shiny. So my name is Shiny. It's not spelled like how it sounds. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I'm 31 years old. I'm from Montreal, Quebec, and I'm an accountant in the day and baker slash event planner slash uh, advocate for the blind. Uh, so that's something that is attached to me and I'm very passionate about. And sometimes I feel like that's what it slows me down, but I don't really care, but that's just a part of my life. Hey, you don't have to justify that to anyone, really. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on a date right now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe we are in our, in our mind space, right? Uh, let's get to you, Sen, because you're the third in our little threesome here. Yeah, so I'm Sen. Uh, I'm also in my 30s. I live and work downtown uh, in the financial industry. This is my first ever podcast. I listen to a lot of uh, Ari's amazing podcasts. He's a great host. And I uh, just want to butter him up so he's not too hard on me with the questions. So, hey, hey, hey. This isn't TC on the street. We're not, we're, we're not interviewing people. We're just having a, having a time, right? Having a time. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because you both mentioned, obviously, that you're over 30. And then, I mean, that's why we're here. We're trying to figure out, firstly, the stigma of 30. When I turned 30, I did enter a relationship at the time that I didn't know where it was going to go. We had a discussion and she's younger than me and she, at the time. And she, well, she still is. She, I'm actually married to her now. So that worked out. When I, we were dating and I was going into my 30s, I was like very confused as to where anything can go at any time. And I don't know why. It was like a very weird societal thing about turning 30. You know, you see it on every TV show that you watch. Uh, I remember like back in the day watching Friends, there was an episode mm -hmm. where they all turned 30 and they showed the flashbacks of each one. It's a shout out to the 90s, basically. But oh, it was Rachel's birthday and they were doing the flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was Rachel's yeah. birthday and she's t dating Tag, um, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. He was like, that guy was actually on Sex and the City as well, which is a fun fact there. But um, it was a really weird time for me. And I want to know if just turning 30 in general was a, a weird time for both of you. For me, out of my group of friends, I'm kind of like the youngest and the last one that is not married and single. So I just turned 30 last year. So all my like closest friends got married and then I turned 30. So like in my parents' mind, it, it all goes back to our parents, right? In the end of the day, like as much as we're fine being single and we, I can get by my day and not be worried. It's just when our parents bring up that conversation, it kind of triggers something. And it was my parents who were kind of like, okay, we saw all your friends get married. You're turning 30. Like what's happening? And I was like, oh, seriously, like this is not the conversation I want to have on my 30th birthday. Mind you, I've been pushing it off. Like 21st birthday, I was like, okay, mom, I'll, I'll deal with marriage at 25. 25, I pushed it till 28. And then 28, I pushed it till 30. Now I am 31. I have pushed it till 35. But I think my mom is going to have a heart attack because I, but, you know, so like, I think in our culture, like 30, they just assume you're like old. Is it like we're 50 or 60 or something? And I just like, as if like my ovaries already died. Like it's just, it's that kind of notion that our society has, like our parents' generations. 
So that's how 30 felt from like the parents' pressure side. That's very recent and I'm glad you had a great uh, 30th <laughs> birthday, I suppose, <laughs> with, you, with your parents. What, what you got there, Sen? Yeah, I can echo what Shani just said. Uh, 30 is a pretty big psychological barrier, I think. You know, it's the age when you feel like you're no longer young, quote unquote. Something about having that three as uh, first digit in your, in your uh, age uh, definitely forces you to think about doing mature adult things like... <laughs> marriage and buying a house and having the family maybe not necessarily in that order but uh, but in my case it was kind of interesting because both my parents actually my dad i think was 30 when he got married my mom was 29 so Damn. i don't think i felt that pressure because anytime i was in my earlier mid-20s and my parents were talking about marriage i'd always go back to them and say to them uh, you know how old were you when you guys got married and that kind of shut the conversation down I can't use that argument anymore, given that I'm a little past 30 now. Um, yeah. But I do feel the pressure a little bit, you know, seeing a lot of my friends and relatives uh, just been 30, settle down, having kids of their own and being single, you know, you kind of do feel like you're missing out on like, the next stage of your life. I think um, when you turn 30, you kind of have this idea that you're an adult now, right? And, and, and I know when I met you and you told me what an actuary was, that's when I became an adult because I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> that, does, that doesn't sound real. Like that, it sounds like you work for some sort of airplane something, you know, if I, was one, if I wanted to use rudimentary language there. But uh, it's true. It, it's, a, it's a strange, strange time. And I know if people are beyond 30 or not 30 yet, I'm telling you to reflect right now or look forward to that day. I always found that being someone who used Facebook constantly back in the day, you thought it would never die. And then it became this thing where all you saw were people having kids it used to be like, oh, I wonder what party was last night. They're going to post the photos. Now it's yeah. my kid ate jelly for the first time. Like I give a shit about that. But you know, it's hilarious how that transpired. Do you feel like it's not just the friends and the parents? It's now another factor of social media that just gets to you? Honestly, I think social media does play a big role in a lot of things. I just feel like we live in a society where social media like, and everyone feels like when something happens in their life, they need to put it on social media. And then like people, your followers, like when you're following someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that what they're posting is their everyday life. You just get to see a snippet of their good moment in their life. Right. So like sometimes that can get to you because like you see, like, I feel like even though we were like at one point in my life, I just felt like everyone on my social media was getting engaged, getting married, having kids. And I was over here like, okay, like I'm married. I'm not married. I'm, oh God, I'm not married. But like, I just turned 30 and I'm just like, okay, I'm focusing on my career. Like, you know, I moved out. So I'm just like, you know, it was like, I was in a different shift in my life compared to everyone on my social media. So like, it can get to you when you see it all come at once. And then like COVID happened, you're like, okay, maybe there won't be like that many weddings, but then it seemed like that didn't stop people from getting engaged and pop. And there's so many babies during COVID. So you're just kind of like, okay, like, their life hasn't stopped, but I think dating during COVID is really complicated. So you're just kind of like, okay, like how do I even navigate this whole thing? It's another weird class, classism, you know? Like if you're already with someone, it gives you the uh, time to make some babies. But if you're not with someone, you get us, if I want to say this, you get, uh, you get uh, uh, as we used to say, you get cock blocked from meeting anyone because there's no way to actually physically meet anyone, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sen, do you have any uh, social media influence in your life? So I'm not as big on social media as maybe some other people are. But having said that, I did log into Facebook for the first time 
in a couple months, uh, right after Christmas, and it was just amazing to see all these people I got to high school with, university with, literally like the first 10 photos on my newsfeed were all identical pictures of married <laughs> couples in front of a Christmas tree, all lit up, lots of presents all around them with a dog or a baby or two in PJs. And it was just hilarious to me to see, like, I remember these people from when they were like 14, 15, and seeing them all growing up 20 years later doing adulting things um, <laughs> really hit me. They go to these studios and mm -hmm. take these pictures, right? So you see like elegant studios tagged and it's like, okay, so you went to take this picture. It's not that I feel bad about that or anything. It's just that so many people are doing the exact same thing. Like you said, the PJs, the dog, mm -hmm. two kids. And it's, it's, it's kind of horrific in a way because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that. Does that make me weird just but or, or are they weird i don't know yeah. so it's, it's it's really strange to see and that's great insight to see to jump back on social media at a time when you have the time and that's all you see you see a bunch of garbage in your face and it's yeah. the same stuff going over and over i do have and another it, and it messes with you right because like it makes you feel like shit and like am i not in the right place like am i not in the same timeline like and you don't have to be in that same timeline but it's moments like that that like you see something continuously like when you're scrolling and you kind of like it messes with your mind and you kind of like you it throws you back and you're kind of like shit like should I be reevaluating how I'm living my life you shouldn't have to always but that's just how social media works I guess I do have another observation I've made about social media just um, from people I've seen and this might be particular to the Tamil community especially I have noticed that when you get beyond 30 there's an interesting pattern that seems to come about where a lot of the men who are still single in the Tamil community after 30 seem to just kind of disappear off the face of the earth. Like I don't see them posting on Instagram or on Facebook. Whereas like five years ago when they're still in their mid twenties, late twenties, they're posting pictures all the time about going on vacations, going to parties, bachelor parties, whatever. Right. And it's almost as if they just kind of disappear off the face of the earth. With single women, I find it's the opposite where they're actually even more active on social media, on Instagram, uh, posting stories, uh, posting memes or, or whatever. Um, and I always wonder if there's some sort of like psychological element to that where maybe for women, if they don't have a partner, maybe social media has become almost a substitute for that, where they, they're getting the validation and the attention that ordinarily would have come from a partner is now coming from social media. It's become a substitute boyfriend or substitute husband almost. So, you, so you're saying that in this case, a traditional maybe cis woman would be on there and they'd be like, I need the validation. I know this is a generalization, obviously. I know you're not trying to offend anyone. But then there's the man who just disappeared <laughs> hilariously. It's like, oh, <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need them to see my shame, you know? So yeah, that, when, that's very interesting. I mean, when you're 25 and you're a guy and you're popping bottles uh, at the club with your boys, uh, it's pretty cool, right? But when you're 35 and you're still single, maybe it doesn't look so cool anymore. So guys kind of just disappeared. Unless you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any commentary on that, Shiny? Like, have you noticed there's a, 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 can I say gender divide, but I'd rather say a sex divide because I guess that makes I more sense. I just feel like social media, I feel like is more of a female dominated, especially like I'm talking like Instagram, that's where like I'm yeah, more Yeah, good, good to uh, uh, identify, yeah. Uh, I feel like even like when I look at my analytics and my followers, whatever, it's mostly women over men anyway. So I feel like it's more of a female dominated platform. Um, there are men on there, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like there are more females. There are more, more influences are female over men. 
so I feel like, and nowadays I feel like with this whole era of TikTok and influencers and people thinking that like just being a blogger, you're going to make money and you don't have to work anymore. I feel like there's more of that. And that's why you see more people on social media and trying to be like, like you said, people going to studios and taking pictures. I feel like everyone sees one person do it and it's like a trend and then everyone else just kind of tries to do the same thing. So like circling back to the whole like girls being on Instagram more, I just think it's just because like the demographic of social media, especially Instagram, I feel like it's just more female dominated. So maybe that's why. And I don't think, I think it's quote unquote normal for like a girl to post like five, 10 stories a day about like what she's eating, what makeup she's wearing, what outfit she's wearing, opposed to a guy doing it, I guess, right? Like it just, it feels like if you see more females doing it than men, that maybe that's why men don't always do it. Or they're more, or men have Instagram, but just, they don't just post anything. They just look at Instagram. You know what I mean? You have that too, right? So you have both, I guess. There's definitely a, a gender aspect of this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if a guy were to post 10 stories a day, you'd wonder if this guy's a huge narcissist. Uh, <laughs> get away with that. So. <laughs> um, I also think the motivation is a little different too for men, I think, for posting pictures in front of their car or whatever is to attract women. So they can slide into the girls' DMs and, hey, look at all the things I've got or look at all my cool friends or my cool pictures. It's a showboat a little bit. I think for women, maybe it's just more, hey, uh, here I am. <laughs> um, so there's definitely a gendered aspect. And also there's also the fact that I think um, women like are more socially inclined just in general and maybe enjoy taking pictures and looking at pictures. Uh, you know, women like looking at women. Men also like looking at women. <laughs> so there's no surprise that Kim Kardashian, you know, is about like a billion followers. Hey man, yeah. um, we saw like, like, we saw we saw that Indian Matchmaker is a big show. Obviously, yeah. keeping up with the Kardashians. There's actually a show on HBO Max now about um, Vietnamese immigrants that made it big, and it's basically oh. the, it's basically keeping up with the Kardashians Viet style. So it's like completely the exact same. It's just with the, the community there. So you have yeah. you have uh, different cultures doing all these things, and and the, and the gender divides on who ingests that media. But we could talk about all of that later. So clearly, you guys are thirty. We've already gone through that. But you guys are single. Is there? <laughs> this sounds offensive. Is there a reason why? <laughs> you know what? I actually used to get angry when I used to hear that question. But then it's like I guess. It's quote-unquote a valid question why people ask but like I feel like sometimes when people ask it feels offensive it's as if like something's wrong with me and that's why they're asking but in my experience I get sometimes like so basically in my 20s I guess I was so busy with my career and then like I got diagnosed um when I was 21 with my rare eye disease so like I was dealing with that at the age of 21 and then 21 I graduated I'm working so my parents are kind of like oh okay like it's time for you to get married but then I got diagnosed so like in a weird way the diagnosis was a blessing because I didn't have to worry about getting married right away <laughs> pressure's off so I was like and like for a while like no one really knew about it so people were still calling the house with like proposals and stuff but then it was only in 2015 that I like, opened up about it through Tamil culture I wrote an article and like that's how I opened up about my disability and my oh, cool. eye disease so it's funny because after 2015, the call stopped. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but like, it's also because like, obviously people in our communities and like, our like South Asian community and like 
the older generation, when it comes to picking, I guess, a wife for their son, there are certain characteristics and attributes that they look for, unfortunately. And it's like fair, tall, educated. Uh, if you watch Indian match, matchmaking, like flexible, like all that stupid shit. Yeah. And it's like, um, in my case, it all of a sudden became, I guess, in the eyes of a lot of aunties, I am damaged goods. And uh-huh. it, it sucks. It's real, I'm at a point where I don't give a shit. Like, I'm really confident about it. And, like, I don't let it get to me. But it sucks because there are other people who haven't spoken up about it, haven't dealt with it, and, like, still get, like, I guess you can say turned down because of, some, of an illness or a disability. And it sucks because, yeah. like, people don't really give you a chance. And I see it, like, on dating apps and stuff. And I'm very open about my life. Like, if someone were to Google me, like, it's going to be there. So like, there's no point in me hiding and I wouldn't want someone to hide something. So that's something I say in the beginning. And like, it, like sometimes conversation will go really well. They'll, they'll, they'll be like, okay, let's go for coffee. And that's kind of like my leeway to kind of be like, Hey, PS, like this is my situation. But if an op- like opportunity arises, I do say it before that, but then sometimes <laughs> I, say it, I say it and then the person just like completely disappears or like doesn't, and to me, it's an extra filter, like to not deal with bullshit. So I don't care, but like in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. Like it did bother me because it just kind of felt like you just don't get, you don't get given a chance. It's just like, like there's more to me than my actual illness and my disability. I do a lot of things and it just happens to be that one thing, a part of me is that I'm visually impaired, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? So it's a, but in our society, people are like, we kind of grew up and I guess this is stuff that we have to unlearn and like, teach our parents and the other generations that it's not okay to like judge someone by these things. And it's like the same thing of like colorism too, like judging someone because they're darker that they're not going to be suitable for your son. Like just like dumb things like that, that don't make any sense. Right. So like, that's, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say that's why I'm single, but a part of me is like our, our society's stigma and like passing what's a perfect woman, I guess maybe. And also like, people not being used to having this conversation of someone having a disability or something. The way you're speaking, I think even regardless of what you see that other people think is a barrier for you, I think you would have still been driven professionally because that's what you said first, mm-hmm. that I wanted to be professional, if that makes sense, first, yeah. and then figure it out later. It just so happens mm-hmm. that other things are going on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good that you have, like, to be honest, the the balls to tell someone right away or close Mm. to right away that, Hey, um, you know, like I'm more than this factor, but this is there. I don't want to surprise you in like five days. We're at that age where like, you don't, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. So like, I don't want to not say something. And then like, you know, a month in be like, yo, by the way, this is the case. (laughs) And like, I just wasted your time and my time. Right. So it's like, you're at that point where like, you kind of know what you want and what you don't want and you don't want to waste anyone's time. Well, my experience is a little bit different. Um, I grew up in a typical conservative Tamil household in the 90s where, you know, your parents tell you not to talk to girls, focus on school. And, you know, I was like the good, the good son. Um, <laughs> it also wasn't like I was getting a lot of attention either. Um, so my priority was just, uh, you know, getting an education, getting a degree, getting my designation. So for a very long time, I didn't date at all. Um, and then I got to my mid-late 20s, and I wanted to make up for, like, all the lack of dating uh, 
you know, from my mid-teens, my mid-20s. So, you know, I started going out on dates and getting more experience and, uh, you know, getting to know a lot of different girls. I was in a couple of relationships. Uh, unfortunately, neither of them worked out. Um, then I moved downtown. I kind of wanted to experience the single, single uh, life as a downtown guy. And that was fun for a while, but... Downtown sin. It got to a point. <laughs> and I think this pandemic really hit it home where uh, you kind of realize that living alone in a small condo isn't so appealing when there's a lockdown, right? And that's when you mm-hmm. really wish that you had someone to share some intimate moments with. And I think um, this is the point at which I've kind of come to realize that, you know, uh, finding uh, someone to be in a relationship with. Um, so I've been more focused on that. That was kind of like my 2021 uh, New Year's resolution. So that is still the goal for both of you, if that's not too personal, to, to get into a relationship in, in, in some time? I don't want to just get into a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship, right? I want to be with someone that I'm yeah. really compatible with. And I'm willing to wait until I meet that person. I'm mm-hmm. not going to rush into anything, right? Because I have seen people that kind of just settle because they just feel like they're getting a lot of pressure from their family, from the community. Um, and they don't want to be alone. They don't want to be the classic, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, for me, I mean, yeah, I am in my mid thirties. I do feel like I should be at a point where maybe I should be settled down, but I'm also not willing to just settle or compromise on, uh, the person I want to be with. I want to find the right person before I truly, uh, say that this is the person I want to be with for the next 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and I think shiny agrees with that. That's what I'm <laughs> like uh, nodding over here, like crazy, yeah. but like, no, I agree. Like, it's just, I'm at a point where like, like I've, I don't want to, I've never settled in my career. I've never, never settled in anything in my life. And I don't know if that's a pro or a con, but like, I don't want to settle in this either. Like as much as I really want to settle down, like I don't want to rush into it. Like I want to be married and be married once and like, make sure that's like the end game. Like, and so if I meet someone now, like I don't want to rush it. And then like, you know, I don't want to rush anything. Just take my time to get to know the person. And like, if it works, it works, you know? But like, I think, Sometimes you meet people, like, I think that's, like, the misconception that, like, people think, like, you tell them you, you, your end goal is to, like, get married and have kids, and some of them just, like, run, because they think you want to get married tomorrow. I really don't want to get married tomorrow, you know what I mean? Like, I want to take my time, I don't want to rush anything, right? But, like, I guess some people see that, and then they kind of run, but my at the end of the day i just i just don't want to rush into anything, and I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. I don't want to say that's well said, I mean, it was said. (laughs) It was said by both of you, but yeah. I think a lot of people can relate. I, you know, it's funny uh, when I was in my twenties and when we were all, I want you to think back to like <laughs> when, um, when I was on a date in my twenties, I I'm pretty sure I knew nothing and I didn't even know how to handle being on the date. I, yeah. in my case, I never really got that much attention. I, I almost felt like I had to work for it a lot. Here's how I will comp- compare it in the club. I am not the guy that a girl would come to. But when we were at a bar and I can speak to her because I am a straight male, that's where I would like, I'd be going really hard per se. I'd get mm-hmm. a lot of attention if I can get it. Uh, I guess I'm a very story driven person, but in the club, I can't be like, hey, do you like the BBC? There's a wildlife documentary <laughs> on, you know, like you can't talk about that. So in my twenties, it was, it was very hilarious and awkward. What is the difference between when you were in your twenties? Do you have any stories? Well, I'll have to admit like my, my end goal was a lot different in my 20s versus my 30s. And mm-hmm. if you're a straight guy, you can probably take a guess as to what that end goal was. I wasn't necessarily looking at someone and thinking this could be the next person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking other things. My priorities were different. 
Yeah, um, rest of your week, evening, yeah. I don't know. But now, you know, I'm pulling off on all that physical stuff. I want to actually get to know someone, build yeah. a connection first, make sure that we have compatible life goals, compatible values, see if this is a person that um, I have a good connection with that has a good connection with me as well. Um, so I would ask different questions. Like I'd want to know, you know, about their career. I'd want to know about their education. I'd want to know about their family. I'd want to know about what their goals are in life, whether they do want to get married, whether they want to have kids, um, how soon or how late, uh, whether they want to travel first, um, so those are all questions I'd want to get out of the way, like on a first date or a second date, because uh, I'm taking dating a lot more seriously now. I feel like I don't have a lot of time to waste and mm -hmm. I don't want to just date casually. I want to date someone yeah. where this is going to be serious. This is going to be someone that I can mm -hmm. see myself being with. You're at that point where you ask the serious questions, but I think when you're in your 20s, like thinking back, like from, for me, from when I was 21 to when I was 25, like... I remember being 21. Like, I, remember, I think we all remember like our 21st birthday. We thought we were the shit. We were legal everywhere. And like, you think that you're an adult, you, like, especially for me, like I graduated, I was working in my field. Like That's I thought like, okay, life was set, you know, like I'm just like, okay, now I'm just going to focus on my career. And then at one point you meet someone and something happens, but like life fucking happened. Like 21 and then 25, it was like a whole different ball game for me. Like that's when I opened up about my life and like so many more opportunities happen. And like, I just think like the different stages in your life, like you as a person, you also change and like you grow and like, I guess you, what you thought you wanted in a partner at 21 definitely changes once you get to 25 and trust me, when you get to 30, that completely changes as well. And, like things you even thought, like what I thought I like doing, I may not like doing anymore. So I feel like life experiences happen in your twenties and that changes. And then now I'm at a point in my life where you're 30 and you're kind of like, okay, like life kind of happened and now I'm just like okay I'm ready for like the next few like phases in my life so like definitely like I I always tell my friends I'm like back in our days do you guys remember MSN and like how dating through MSN was so Yo, let's let's log on log off log on to get them to know you got someone's attention by like signing on signing off and these video like these like group chats and like now I just feel like it's a whole different ball game it's like and I have a lot of friends who have been like married to the person they like been dating for like eight, nine years. And I tell them these dating stories and all they can tell me is like, I don't think I would survive. They're like, I don't think I'd be married. But it's like, it's, it's totally different. It's like, and I feel like just people just have so many options that people don't take the time to get to know a person. They kind of just like go from one person to another. So I just, I don't know, it's just a whole like, God, I just wish we had MSN again <laughs> at this point. It's true. Like when you get that assorted over the rainbow chocolate box and you're like, I don't know which one to eat first, but let me check this legend out real quick. That's, it's a lot. <laughs> I, I think Sen said it uh, really well. Not that you didn't, but it, it's, mm -hmm. dating, it's dating with a purpose, right? Like a, a long-term purpose, not just, yeah, to, exactly. just to like mess around, so to speak. But yeah, and that works in your 20s, of course. But, it, mm -hmm. but I guess in my, all of our experiences in your 30s, like that whole, I think it's the stupidest way to say it because everyone says it. It's that mindset, right? It's just like, what do you actually want? And can you see that in another person? I, mm -hmm. that's, that's really valid. And for anyone who's not in their 30s and maybe younger, I think that's what it is. And anyone in their 50s and they're still single, I, I think they can school us on what's going on too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys uh, been on any dates in, during the COVID era, like during the pandemic? That, um, so dating during the pandemic has definitely been very interesting and a very novel experience. So for me, 
Um, there was a period where a lot of people were even hesitant to meeting up, uh, especially yeah, after the yeah, pandemic, which was fine and understandable. And I didn't necessarily want to go out on the first date with the mask on and be six feet apart at all times. Didn't seem too appealing to me. So I put my dating life on hold for a little bit. But gradually, especially over the summer, I think cases went down. People were more comfortable going out and uh, meeting people. And so I did go out and, and meet a couple of people. But, you know, a lot of them were just first dates. I didn't lead to second dates. Um, and then recently I started doing something a little bit different. Um, I started doing Zoom dates. Uh, wow. So these are video first dates um, over Zoom or FaceTime, um, just as kind of like a way to screen someone for a first date to see if there's a connection before making the leap to meeting up in real life because a lot of people are not necessarily still comfortable with doing that just yet. So if you have that connection on video, you know, if you like the person that you're talking to, you're attracted to them, you have a connection with them. That could be a conduit for meeting someone uh, in person, uh, maybe on a second date or a third date. Um, so I did meet someone recently on an app, a mainstream app, and uh, our first Zoom date was three hours long, and that was pretty amazing. And we had a really good connection. This is right before the lockdown happened, so we met up a couple of days later uh, in real nice. life, um, and we really hit it off. Uh, things were going pretty well, and I was thinking, like, this could be this could be the one, this could be it, right? Uh, so we did date for a little while and things were going pretty well. And then she told me that uh, she was from another country. So she told me she was going to go back. She doesn't like Canadian <laughs> at all. Uh, she told me she was going to go back to India for three months. The she temporary, also, the temporary. Yeah. yeah. But she also said before that, that, um, and this goes back to the question you asked earlier about, you know, being the right mindset. Uh, she was quite a few years younger than me. She was in her 20s still. And she told me that, uh, she sent me a long text. Uh, this is about like five or six dates in. She said that, uh, you know, I can tell that you're in the mindset of settling down. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. My life has just begun. There's so much for me to do and explore. And I don't know when I'll be at that mindset. Uh, so I don't want to get in the way of you looking for someone that is on the same page as you. Um, so I don't think you see each other anymore. And I was like, okay, I was a little hurt by it, I have to admit, I thought, Things were going pretty well, but I also figured, you know, this is actually a good thing because I don't want to waste uh, three months or six months with someone who's not ready to settle down, right, at this point. Um, so uh, things have ended, but that did give me hope that, you know, there are people out there that I could potentially meet even during a pandemic. Would you, um, after, during, after the pandemic, would you subscribe to doing Zoom dates first, like as a screener? I think it's a really good idea. I mean, obviously, Know, like a lot of coffee shops and bars and stuff are shut down now. So it's hard to even go out on a first date. Um, so I think this is like a really great way to just kind of see if there's chemistry, right? Like you probably know in the first 15 minutes to half hour, whether there's potential here, you know, if there's someone that uh, you can talk to and, you know, you like the way they look and there's no awkward silences, you're filling each other's sentences and conversations flowing very smoothly, then there's a good chance that when you meet up in real life, uh, your date will probably go well. Because what I've noticed is when I've met people on apps, people come across very differently over text. Absolutely. And they, they are in real life. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like they have a text personality and a real life personality, like a director and type thing. But when you see someone on video, first of all, you can see that, you know, they look like their pictures. And secondly, you can also see that, you know, you have a, a connection when you talk to them. I will reject your notion on the awkward pauses because uh, I have been on many dates that were great, but then sometimes like there were those periods where they were super awkward for like a minute. 
because I just really didn't know what to say or they didn't really know what to say, but they still ended up being really good dates and we still dated for a while. Um, I, so I will contest that, but I do understand that when you are in, in that moment and it's just the conversations flowing, um, it's, even if there was an awkward pause, it would just feel like nothing. And I think that's what you mean. And, and yeah, that, that is what everyone strives for. Uh, Shani, would you do the, the Zoom dates even if you could go to a coffee oh. shop? So in my, I'm a big person on like communication. I think that's what's been kind of helpful with COVID. Like obviously, cause like you haven't been, we haven't been able to see people much. And like, I've been super careful cause like, uh, because of my dad, I've been super careful and for myself cause I was waiting for surgery. So like, I was really like closed off from the world. Didn't want to catch COVID. Sure. Um, so it really helped with, I think with like the apps and stuff, like it just, it kind of prompted you to kind of get on a FaceTime date because like you had no other way of meeting the person. And I like, yeah. like Sen said, like FaceTime really helps because like through text, you can misread stuff. You can like, someone might not be a texter or like someone yeah. just is a totally different person. But when you FaceTime with them and if, if like the first time you talk to someone, like you never talk to this person. And if the first FaceTime call is really awkward and like no <laughs> conversation, there's no like no connection. You kind of know like, okay, this is not going to work. But like, like, like Sam said, like I've had FaceTime dates, like the first date where it's been like three, four hour phone calls and like, it's, and it stops because like our phone dies or something, you know? And like, so, and unfortunately Yo, sometimes it doesn't work out later. Cause like you talk about other things afterwards, like serious stuff and either you're not aligned. But this year, like I did a few cool things in, I think it was like July. I, um, I did like an online virtual speed dating event. So mind you, it, it wasn't like a South Asian based one. So like I literally at this point, it was like my friend owns the company here. So she was just like, <laughs> yeah. I've been asking you for five years, just freaking do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I did it. And it was actually a lot of fun. Like I'm a people's person. So like you just got to meet so many different people and like, Especially with like COVID, I haven't seen, I haven't spoke, met people. So it was nice to meet people. So that was a really nice way. And like, it was like an intercity. So like, it was kind of like, you met so many different Canadians. So it wasn't just in Montreal, it was Toronto, Calgary, like Vancouver. So like, when you got to the real world, you're like, okay, shit, maybe this might not work with someone in Calgary. So, and then in September, I actually did the virtual speed dating event with the, my Tamil date. It's kind of nice just because like it, it was all yeah. Tamil people and it was actually across Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it was nice to meet other people who were actually on the same page as you, who were actually looking for a serious relationship or that was their end goal. So that was kind of nice. And like, it helped you like, like, I think we met like six or seven people. And I don't think you would have gotten that level of, getting to know someone on an app in like an hour and a half because on an app like you're swiping it doesn't honestly mean you're going to match with that person right away right like it's if they see you and then if you start texting so this is kind of nice to kind of like break down that barrier and see yeah. if you actually had a connection with someone so i think that's definitely a great way to meet people during covid like you're in the comfort of your own home and like you do the event and then you close your laptop and then you're done and then you wait to see if you match with the person later on right so i think that's definitely a great way to date COVID right now but if you're not up for a virtual dating event uh, the apps are pretty good and now the apps kind of prompt you like if you're texting someone like for a day it kind of prompts you and says like hey do you want to schedule like a, a video call with this person oh within snap that's awesome yeah within the app so it's kind of like i guess they're getting on with the times so yeah. I they think just want you in the app yeah 
yeah, so I guess like the virtual dating thing is probably still going to stick around even when COVID's gone. Yeah, I think it's good and bad, obviously, but it, it really makes me feel like if I was in this situation, I'd become super lazy. Where I, you know, just like now, I'd wear like some sort of presentable yeah. top and uh, my my uh, bottoms would be whatever, right? And then, yeah. you know, it's and like your work sh- meetings. It's like yeah. my work meetings. Exactly. Right? I'm a professional on top and my jogging pants at the bottom. So uh, Did I shower? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> we'll figure it out when we go out, whenever that is. You, yeah. did, you did mention something uh, interesting, though, because we're obviously speaking from a very Tamil perspective. Mm-hmm. And you went on the, the South Asian um, uh, online dating, and then you, you, did, you tried the My Tamil date. What was it, like the, the speed dating as well? Do you think that obviously you have the parental pressure, but is there like something else within the culture when you're speaking to your friends, when you're on a date with someone else who's Tamil? Is there like another expectation beyond just the be a good human? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess when you meet a Tamil person, I guess you're trying to make sure you're not related to the person. First off, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. first off, um, after that, I guess that's just like I feel like another thing is like when you. I, I don't know if like guys do this, but like I for sure know all girls do this, but like when you meet someone like on a dating app or whatever, you kind of go to your girlfriends and you're like, oh, do you know who this person is? Like, do you know anything about them? And I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing or a good thing. Like, it's good to know that like this person's not a complete stranger, but like someone might think they know someone and kind of like tell you like, oh, don't talk to that person. They're this and this and this, but like, what if they're not that person anymore? So I feel like that's kind of an issue in our society too, like where people kind of like tell their girlfriends or like their guys might tell their guy friends too, like don't like don't talk to her because she was like this or she dated this person. So I don't know if Sen, if you agree with me or like if you have a similar. Yeah, Sen's face lit up when I mentioned this. (laughs) That's that's very true. Um, Actually, I can relate to Shiny on the Tamil, my Tamil date speed dating because I was involved with that too. that was, mm-hmm. that was a good experience for me as well. Um, but going back to your earlier question about um, going on a date with a talent person, I, I agree. I mean, talent community is very tight knit. Well, it's like Kevin Bacon, except it's two degrees of separation instead of six. <laughs> uh, so you're bound to have some mutual friends or mm-hmm. possibly could be related to that person. It's kind of fun. <laughs> that could be a good thing though, right? I mean, that, that could be a good thing, right? Related? No, no, like, well, like that they know that they know of you. Or oh something. no, no, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. If you're like connected, that's fine. But I mean, like related, like yeah, is yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. there's some like blood relation. Well, know? obviously, <laughs> that is that is not something. We're not in the the Game of Thrones era of of thumbles, you know. I do think that if um, I want to date with a talent person, I might take that person a little bit more more seriously. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, it would be more ideal to to be with someone culturally yeah. background, same linguistic background. There's so many more things that you can connect with. Uh, and it's so much easier, I think, as well. Not that I'm opposed to being someone who's non-Tamil, but it's, it's just a lot easier. And there's like a level of comfort that that's just there. Yeah, you'll just like, you'll just look at that person and you might have a story and you know they'll just get it because they mm-hmm. have a similar background, right? I mean, exactly. I think uh, no matter what uh, race, creed, religion, I think there is that there. And when it comes to the Tamil community in Toronto, damn, yeah, it, it is uh, it's tight-knit for sure. One time, um, my buddy came up to me. He's like, yo, do you know this person? Do you know this girl? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I think I went out with her once or twice or whatever. It was, a way, it was way back, right? And he's like, oh, why, why didn't it work out or something? Did you, like, did you guys get far in a relationship? I, I'm like, no, I don't even think, like, I think we made, it didn't even make it past Dimitri's or something, you know? Like, went out for some ice cream. <laughs> that was the spot, right? So, 
or one of the spots. And then he, he's just like, yeah, so I met this person at like some bookshop. So this person went up to my friend and said, do you know Ari? And then he said, yeah, he's, he's a buddy of mine. That was her opening line to get this guy out on a date. Oh no. <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, what the, f- I'm, I'm getting you laid without even being there. I'm not even like, <laughs> like, meanwhile, I was in like a big stretch of not getting anything from anyone, like no attention mm. from anyone. If you want to give it that, no hellos, not even a couple of days. So it was just hilarious that just because this guy knew me, uh, <laughs> that he got an in there. Uh, mm. It was hilarious. Uh, so random to hear something like that. And I'm sure everyone's had a story like that where someone in the community is like, hey, here's my phone. Have you seen this person? Well, nowadays, like on dating apps, it kind of tells you like mutual friends, right? Like if you don't, like, a, like I think if like, is it connected to Facebook and all that stuff? Yeah. Facebook sometimes. So yeah, so you can kind of see like mutual friends, but that kind of already gives you like a leeway to message someone before you just want to swipe left or right on someone to be like, hey, do you know anything about this person? Which it's good and bad. Like, like I said before, like it's just, you don't know like at what point in that person's life did that person know that person, right? So like, and just because someone knows someone on Facebook doesn't necessarily know they know everything about them, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's one thing, but you were saying how like Toronto's close to it, like Montreal is really cool. Like everyone in Montreal knows each other. Yeah, but you that's also another reason why people in Montreal have a lot of trouble dating, especially in the Tamil community, is just because our community is very small. Like we all know each other. There is like two universities that you can go to and everyone yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much went to one. Uh, so like everyone pretty much knows each other. Like everyone, like someone dates someone, it's like your friend's ex, like, you know what I mean? So it's like kind of like, okay, you kind of just don't visit that area. You don't, bother because everyone kind of knows each other so like I think that's been another problem in our city like everyone just knows everyone so like yeah yeah yeah. right and like if you're in some apps if you're friends with each other on Facebook you're not going to see them on your apps yeah so that's like another thing right so it's just like it's just how close and like close-knit your town community is can affect I, I used to like when I when I would swipe on like one of those apps I think it was like what in the height of tinder or something yeah and um, you know tinder is not specifically Tamil of course mm-hmm. but you come across this girl that I I'm like hey, this girl's pretty I, I I know her and I and we have a good like casual friendship but I'm like do I swipe right on this is she gonna swipe right on me or is this like a like is something hidden gonna get unleashed yeah. And I'm going to say I swiped right almost every time, but I never got the, the love back. But, you know, it, it's always a funny, like, little pause yeah. that you have. It's like, um, are they going to do it? So is there any, like, benefit to being in the, in the status of life you are in now? Like, you're not with someone. What's the benefit there? Because I'm saying it like it's a negative thing. Mm-hmm. But some people look at it really negatively. So well, what would you say to someone who was at a party like that? And they're like, oh, you're still single? Like, what's wrong with you? Got hemorrhoids or something? Better to be single than in a bad relationship or in a bad marriage is how it responds. The ideal would be to be in a good marriage or in a good relationship. Hmm. Um, but if the alternative to that is being single, then I'll take that yeah. as being single. Like I always tell people, like getting married isn't hard. Like I could have said yes to any one of the proposals and been married today. Will I be happy? Would it, would it have worked? I don't know. You know what I mean? But like getting married isn't the hard part these days it's just connecting with someone that is on the same page as you and making it work for the long haul right so like it's that's why I tell my mom I'm like you want me to get married sure like give me a proposal I'll blindly say yes <laughs> like I can get married but like is am I gonna be happy like as, is it gonna work we don't know so like I just want to make sure like 
like Sen said, we just want to make sure we meet someone that we are on the same page with, have the same values, and it just works out to the yeah, end. Yeah, because as single peoples, you guys are like the pariahs of society, right? Like, <laughs> I remember when I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was perpetually dating, so he would ask me something like, so what's the difference between being married and, and, and not, right? And I'm like, you know what the difference is? The difference is when you're single, and it's 7 p.m. On a, on a Tuesday, Saturday, whatever day, and you felt like going out for any reason, you can just put some pants on and you can go out. <laughs> the difference is when you are with someone or you're married is you have to do the check-in. You have to be like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I'm gonna hop out for a bit. Um, you know, that's it. But you'll get a lot of uh, questions, right? Not that they don't trust you. They're just like, oh, why are you going out at this time? And, and maybe it's just, you're just going for a walk to clear your head. Even if it's not something you commonly do, you still have to justify something to someone. That is the difference between being single and not, mm. and that's fine, totally. But it, it, sometimes when you look at it mm. from that perspective, you're like, oh man, do I have to really tell this person that I'm gonna be late from work again? Like, or or if, if you're out with your buddies, do I have to really tell them that I'm gonna be home at a certain time? Can't they just like chill? You know, like some of those things where you, it's the check-in, it's the co constant communication, which honestly is a great thing. Mm. It holds you accountable, but it's also like, do I really have to tell my wife right now that uh, I'm gonna be go grabbing some ice cream with this other person? Does that really matter right now? <laughs> Everyone's busy. Why does this have, call have to be made, right? So it's really that. And, and that's mm -hmm. my uh, answer to my own question. But it's, it's interesting uh, when you're at parties and people like kind of judge you with your status. And, and I know one of my cousins didn't want to come to our like uh, cottage trip a couple of years back because there were a lot of relationships there or couples there. And he, he kind of felt mm -hmm. awkward about coming. And I'm like, come on, man, we're all family. It's all good. Do you feel that with both of you, there is a different pressure because shiny, you're a woman and Sen, you're a man. Is there still that same, you know, stereotypical pressure now that you're both in your thirties? I feel as a, as a girl, I feel like our pressure starts a lot earlier, right? Like as soon as like, I don't know, I want to say like 22, maybe nowadays it's like 24. As soon as you're done school, even though they tell us in school, like go to school, don't, don't look at boys, don't deal with them, get a job. And then as soon as you get a job, it's like, oh shit, you need to get married now. And it's like, okay, but why did I work so hard on all this? How do I talk to boys? What? <laughs> like, like, that's what I tell my, because like, I have a younger brother, so I always tell my mom, I'm like, you know, like, don't tell him he can't have a girlfriend right now. I'm like, he's at his prime age, let him date, because, like, he needs to learn, because that's the mistake you made with us. Mind you, I chose to focus on my career and stuff, but I feel like maybe if we had a different conversation with our parents, it would have opened up a different kind of doors to date, maybe, and not be so secretive, mm -hmm. I guess, about it, but... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there is pressure. I feel like it's for females, it just starts a lot earlier. And I feel like they think that like once you hit 30 that you, and also you see it, like if you go to like brokers or whatnot, like once you go to 30, they tell you like guys aren't going to want to marry someone 30. They rather go for someone younger. So I feel like there's that pressure too. Like you get, you have to start looking at a young age and then once you hit 30 no one's paying attention to you anymore because they're going for the younger me like i feel bad saying it that way but like I mean, that's yeah, how they it, look it, at it it's a predatory they, way like in our society the younger the woman the more she can reproduce and like have a family <laughs> at a younger age and they think like our eggs are like dead at 30 and we won't be able to give them grandchildren so like that happens too right so like it's just it starts early and then I feel like we have like a, they think we have a cutoff and after 30 years, no one's going to look at it. We're all meat sacks, right? I've had a broker tell me like, oh, you're 30, like 
you have eye disease, so maybe you should lie about it. And I said, okay, screw it. Like, I'm not even going to deal with you. Like, it's just, it's, there's different societal, like, stigmas and, like, pressures. And I feel like our parents' generation have this, like, specific checklist. And I feel like our age is one of them. And it's, like, 21 to, like, 27 was, like, a woman's <laughs> primal age. And, like, if you're past it, like, they'll look at you if they're not happy with the 21 to 27. It's funny because apparently, uh, according to science, science, I don't know how old this is or outdated, but they said that a man's sexual peak is in his 20s, whereas a woman's sexual peak is in their 30s. So it's like, you know, say what you will about that. I just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, I guess I'll close this off by saying in my rant that obviously it doesn't matter if you're single or not. Are, are you happy when you go to sleep? Are you happy when you get up? And if there's someone there with you, that's great. And if, if you're content and happy that someone's not there with you because you've seen the dark side of relationships, that's also great. But I, to actually close this off, I want to hear what you guys think is like a deal breaker to you when you actually meet someone. Is there that one thing that you really just hate that they do or say? If they're not close with their family, if I like, if they have siblings and they're not close with them or if they're with their family, I feel like during COVID is a huge thing to see like how people are. Like I met, like I matched some guys who like, are not careful at all and they just don't care and they have parents living in their home and I'm just kind of like okay like if you really don't care about your parents health how would you care about other people right so like those little things that you notice about people so I think that is kind of a deal breaker for me if you're not if you're not nice to Damn, your loved that's a ones. great yeah, that's a great answer mine was very superficial mine was like if they don't like comedies or something or 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 <laughs> if they like the big bang theory no then I'm out I'm out if they like the Big Bang yeah. Theory, you're out? Okay. <laughs> what about you, Sen? I wouldn't say I have any deal breakers. That's a lie. I, I'd like to go into every, <laughs> every, every uh, scenario with an open mind. I genuinely try to get to know people and just suss them out. Um, you know, like for me, I don't really think I have a huge checklist of criteria. I mean, I just want someone um, that I can talk to and not be completely annoyed by uh, <laughs> someone who's nice to look at. Minor detail. <laughs> preferable, um, you know, compatible life goals. Don't be annoyed. is always a plus as well. Someone who would, you know, I can introduce to my family and they'd like that person too. Um, I'm a pretty flexible person. I, I don't think, uh, you know, maybe if, if they smell bad or something, that might be a deal breaker. But, I, I, Sen, uh, I... <laughs> We'll ask you this, you know, later again, when you really want to give me your answer, because I feel like it's, it's gotta be something. <laughs> I, I know everyone, I do joke that everyone does have a deal breaker, even if they know it or not. And it's true. I think it is true, mm -hmm. but I, th I think I did like both of your answers, uh, Shiny's especially, because I never even considered that. As, you, as I said, mine is very superficial. And, and Sen, it's true. It's a myriad of things put together, right? I think that's important. Mm -hmm. and, and you're right. You meet someone, 15 minutes, your brain just goes like crazy and you figure it out or, or you're out, right? So I think that's what's important. Just be a good human, especially in this weird world. All right, um, I think uh, we've uh, meandered long enough. Um, if you want to give out any shout outs or anything about what you stand for, or hi, Ama, or whatever. And I know, Shiny, you do have some, <laughs> uh, some stuff you, you would like to talk about in terms of your, um, where you've volunteered, where you've worked, and where you could shed light on some of the issues that you think are important? Um, 
Well, yeah, so I'm a huge advocate for the visually impaired and people with invisible disabilities uh, because I myself am visually impaired and partially sighted. Um, So to me, that's just been something that I want to advocate for just because our community is not used to having that conversation and making it a normal thing and not shunning someone because they have an illness or disability. So I am actually a National Young Leader of Canada for the visually impaired. I got this title in 2015, so I go across Canada, which I obviously haven't in 2020 because of COVID, but to go meet other people with disabilities and like talk to parents who have young kids, just to help break that barrier, just to kind of shed light on how people with disabilities do have a life. We do have a career, we have a social (laughs) life, and being a female, people think you can't wear makeup or be dressed. Like common thing that I get people telling me is, well, you're too pretty to be blind. And that's like the most insulting thing in the world. to be blind? Huh. Yeah, so like it just it's like it it's a very big insult, but like just a lot of, there's just a lot of yeah, exactly. There's just a lot of like I guess not enough aware yeah. awareness. And that's something that I use my social media for from my experiences and just to talk about it, just so like people won't know about it unless they hear about it or know someone that has dealt with it. And that's why I decided in 2015 to write my story because someone had to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. If someone like this, if you hear someone talk about it and starts up conversation and it kind of becomes normal. So that's what I've been doing since 2015. And sometimes I guess it burns me while I'm dating, but at the end of the day, it's an extra filter that I get to like, I guess, cancel out the douchebag. Uh, and also not to waste time. So um, but yeah, so I guess my message to people, I guess, dating is just be mindful and open and like don't judge a book by its cover because there's more underneath people as you start peeling so yeah because you, you you start reading harry potter and you're like what the hell is this and then you're like whoa this is amazing so yeah <laughs> send any last words or well this is a really great podcast i really enjoyed huh. doing this thanks, thanks for man. having me i think this is a really good conversation i think it's an important conversation i know there are a lot of single people in the tamil community who are over the age of 30 and who are maybe not necessarily single by choice and might want to find that special someone and want to be with someone uh, for the rest of their lives and might be maybe finding that challenging, especially in this pandemic scenario, right? Um, so I think this is a really great platform. Uh, I love the podcast. Uh, keep it up. I think this is great, com- great for the time of diaspora uh, that we're having these important conversations. So uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you, man. I mean, we, we like to talk about, to- uh, discuss topics that are uh, very highbrow and very lowbrow. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say I'm everything in between. I'm glad you had fun. I'm, and it was great meeting you, Shiny, and, and getting to know mo- both of your Likewise. stories. And hope to chat yeah. soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dating Wild Tamil, sponsored by MyTamilDate.com, the best place to meet Tamil singles from Canada, the US, UK, and around the world. We hope you enjoyed this one, and see you next time.